Hey friends, it's Elisa. Welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast, where today we are going to do what we do mostly on Mondays, and that is another revving the word. But before we get going, if you follow me on Instagram, maybe you have seen and been following along. For this month in the month of March, I've been doing Revol TV for 30 days, which you are all welcome to swipe up and learn more about Revol TV, all the good things of challenging my body and my mind and letting someone else coach me. It's been a delight. But I added a little something else this month, and that was this call or answer to the call to take care of my body a little bit more um, before I go to bed. And so I've been doing this 30 days of Rev rolling into bed. I challenged some people to say, Hey, anyone else here need to do a little more uh, foam rolling? For those of you that know what foam rolling is, you can just hang out and hear me talk about it a little bit more. But foam rolling is, it's basically the poor man's massage. It's a great way to release the muscle, to put blood flow into the muscle. It feels sometimes very uncomfortable, but it's so good for our body. It is a restorative technique. And if you have a foam roller, you can get one on Amazon for like, 15 bucks. They are so useful. And for all the activity that we do around here, uh, the rest is so important. Everyone, you know, I'm going to say it. Our work comes from rest. And I was feeling convicted that I was not taking good care or making time to restore and put things back into my body. So doing it before bed has been so helpful for me. I sleep better. Um, that little blood flow before I go to bed, I do a little inversion. If you go over to Instagram, you can see some of the things that I do to foam roll. Um, it's just helped me sleep better. And I am telling you, once again, I am not here to, to, to pump up a program. I'm telling you because these things work. My uh, movement is so much better. And I knew these things. I know these things as a fitness professional but I don't always make time to do them. So I encourage you to do some foam rolling. And if you want to learn more about it, if you struggle with excess pain or discomfort in your body, I arthritis is one that um, I've been diagnosed with, osteoarthritis, and that takes a toll on my, my not only my bones, but then my muscles too. I'm telling you, learn more about myofascial release. We actually have a class coming up in Rev University. It's a one day on Saturday, March 27th workshop from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can learn more about myofascial releasing, foam rolling. You're going to learn um, techniques for this type of movement, to uh, how to release the tight places in your body from head to toe, how to use foam roller to strengthen your core, incorporate cardio, even using a foam roller. All kinds of fun things. This class is going to be taught by our gal, Kristen Ekes. She is a master a trainer in this technique. So it's like, take a deep dive into caring more for your body and why you should care. And remember, the body is talking to your mind and your mind is talking to your body. So let's be good on both ends, shall we? All right. So if you want to learn more about RevView, this one day class, um, swipe up and get yourself in there. Again, it starts on March 27th, Saturday, March 27th. All right. I am uh, going to head on out now and get my body rolling while you guys get moving with a revving the word. And thank you to all our donors who make this podcast possible. Thank you for being a mountain and mission mover with us. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Mm -hmm. 
Take a deep breath, inhale. Through the nose if you can, exhale. I notice I'm a little stuffy, but just take notice. It's really important in our time together that you observe what's going on in your body. Be an observer. Be an observer of what going, what's going on inside of you and what's going on around you. Be present. Good. Notice any tension that you might be holding in your hands, your feet, shoulders, jaw. Just scan your body as you begin to move it. And now bring your awareness up higher to the goodness of God. And that just starts with what can you be grateful for? What's going right today? Well, if you're doing this, you're breathing. Every breath you take is another opportunity to renew your mind. The Spirit of God is what we're going to learn about more today. The Spirit, presence of God Himself. He's with us. He's in us. He's upon us. And this is why awareness is so important. But we don't just stop at awareness or being mindful of something. We also have to put into action what we're learning. And that's what we're going to do today. So God, thank you. Thank you for being God, for loving us, for sending Jesus. <laughs> we were far from you. Hopeless, eternally broken. But because of your great love for us, you came. Send your son to die for us, to pay the price for sin that we could not pay. We aren't perfect enough. And now, God, we turn our attention to you, the teaching of your word. Come inside of us change us, reshape us, so that we would embrace your word, be excited to hear your word, and to conform to your image, because we've been made in it. Conform us to that, God. Transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so you don't have to look far today in this world to find there's division going on. There's separation going on. Last time we were together and read the word, I had you in the book of Corinthians, and we're just going to hang out here for a while because, as I said, this book in the Bible where we are today in so many ways. You have believers that are believing all kinds of things, dividing themselves up into sects of people that I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas. My goodness. 
Can I ask you this today? Would you, I challenge you, not just to receive this word from me, but also to open the word for yourself to 1 Corinthians 2. Just read that chapter. Read it for yourself. It's only 16 verses. Can you do that today? Come on. Please, I beg you. Much like we're going to hear Paul beg later in chapter 3. Don't be infants. Don't be someone who needs to have the Word of God fed to you in a bottle. Come on. Listen, if you're just starting, okay, I'll give you some time. But for those of you that have been revving the Word with us for a long time, please have the mind of Christ. Seek to connect with your Father, to get alone with Him. Seek Him in His Word. Find Him in His presence. He is both the written Word and the utterance and whispering Word of God. He is right now speaking. And He spoke. And what He says now will not conflict with what He said then. But as we're going to learn today, He is still unfolding truths for us. His Spirit, His breath, He breathed the Spirit of life into us through our nostrils. It's still teaching us today. God knows everything about everything because he made it all he's the author the perfecter so we seek him his spirit teaches us things we have yet to understand so as you move right now your heart rate's coming up today we're going to do a little bit of challenging work getting our heart rate in and out of higher zones but don't don't get distracted don't get discouraged so right now make your feet take quicker little steps quicker little steps like the floor is hot all right here we go. Let's jump into the Word. Remember, 1 Corinthians, there's some division going on in the church. Confusion. People making their own gospel. They're mix and matching things of their old life with things of their new life. They're conflicted. Chapter 2. Paul says, And when I came to you, brothers, did not come... When I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Let's stop right there. I told you last week, preach the gospel. Just hang out every day. May it never get too old for us that Jesus died and made a way for us to be reconciled to love to God the author of love so if you're ever bored with your faith just hang out for a while on the fact that you 
have been bought at a price and you have been paid for in full. You are now whole and righteous because of Christ. This is the gospel message. You once were lost and now you're found. Verse three. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is good news for all of us, you guys. For those of you that think you have to be perfect, say the right thing, say it perfectly. You, you have, you just, you, you compare yourself to other people who have, who are preaching the gospel. You compare yourself to me. Don't do that. Paul's being really clear here that your faith does not rest in eloquent words or being able to say things that earn man's applause. Your faith does not rest in how many likes, comments, or shares you get. Whatever platform you have, it's all rubbish. It all comes down to the spirit, the presence of God, building something in you and through you. Now, Paul is saying, listen, I'm, I'm not as good of as, a, as a speaker as Apollos. I don't speak like him because that was part of the separation happening. People thought because Apollos could make a, such a good argument that he must be more of a super disciple than Paul. See how we do that? Stop it, y'all. Be careful with your preferences. They, they don't make you callous and numb to the fullness of the glory of God because it is the foolish things that confound the wise. God flips everything upside down. So you know those people that you overlook? They have great power. If God is with them, who can be against him? So don't count yourself out, ever. You don't need a good speech, a TED talk, polished presentation of who you are and the gospel you believe in. You just need a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And we're told later in Philippians that that comes in weakness. <laughs> we boast in our weakness. Everyone, I'm gonna go quiet. And I want you to think about the weaknesses, the things that the enemy actually tries to tell you you're no good at, accuses you and tries to cause you to have shame, could you begin to turn those and see those as doorways, invitations, your actual platform to step onto so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. List out the things that the enemy accuses you of and then say the end the sentence with this but this is the power of God in me list your thing and say with your mouth but this 
is the power of God in me. You know what we just did there? We preached good news. We took the bad news and flipped it on its head and said, oh, this is actually good news. And that's what the crucifixion, that's what the gospel says. Yes, you were a wretched sinner, but the good news, God did not leave you that way. And actually in knowing you need God, you are blessed in knowing and confessing you have shortcomings sinful wantings pleasures selfishness then you're blessed confess turn and let God be God of your life you can shorten your steps back on a scale of 1 to 10 be an eight for the rest of today unless I otherwise say try to hold your best sustainable effort you're not obsessed about it you're not panicking about it but you're present your body's engaged your mind is open to being renewed Jesus, flow through us. Jesus, heal the bruises. Jesus, clean the music. Jesus, please use us. Jesus, please help. Jesus, please heal. Jesus, please forgive. Jesus, please reveal. Jesus, give us strength. Jesus, make us well. Jesus, help us live. Jesus, give us wealth. Jesus is our safe. Jesus is our rock. Jesus, give us grace. Jesus, keep us safe. All right, verse six. This portion of scripture is titled Wisdom from the Spirit. You guys, as I talk, see the words written on, a, on a, an imaginative chalkboard in front of you. Maybe your chalkboard is the, the trees that you see, the mountains that you see, or just the road in front of you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your word to become alive in us jump off these pages. Don't just be words, audible tones in people's ears. Awaken us. Leave your mark on our minds. So verse 6, Paul says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of the age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, 
And now Paul's about to quote Isaiah 64, 4. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Verse 14, hang in three verses. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Quote, he's again, Paul's about to quote the uh, Old Testament, Isaiah 40, 13, when he says, for who has understood the mind of Christ, the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him, end quote. But we have the mind of Christ. Keep moving your body. Say this over and over. But we have the mind of Christ. That's your verse, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. This is amazing. This is such good news. You have been given the mind of Christ. And what is the mind connected to? The Spirit of God, which upon your faith in Jesus, you received. And if you're uncertain, you're, have I ever received the Holy Spirit? Right now, open your palms and just say, God, Give me more of your Holy Spirit. Everyone do that who feels they need it, and I don't know anyone who doesn't. Yes, fire fall. Holy Spirit, this is why it's so important. Y'all know the Word of God. The Word is His truth. But Jesus told the woman 
at the well in John 4 that a time will come when people will worship me in spirit and truth. Prior to Jesus, the spirit would come and go upon people. It would move upon people and for some, it would stay longer than others. This is good news. We always now have the spirit because Jesus said, this is why I must leave you. I must be crucified. I must go away so that you can receive something greater. Me moving in to live with you. His spirit and his truth, his written word. And by the way, his whispered words are true too. He is true. He never tells a lie. But it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit that helps us discern what we are to do and who we are to be. And this is probably why back in verse seven, Paul says, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages that none of the rulers of the sage understood. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Everyone remember, it was the religious people that crucified Jesus. They wanted him dead because his works of the Spirit were offending the truth that they knew in his word. Their hearts were so hard. Their hearts were so hard. Not all. There were Jewish synagogue leaders who would turn and worship Jesus. The Word made flesh. Made in the image of Made in the image of God. So none of those rulers, they, none of, they, were, they knew about the Spirit because they had read about it, but they didn't have it. The Spirit comes. He moves in on us when we confess Jesus is Lord. Confess it now. All right, I'm about to say something. It's going to make some of you uncomfortable. <laughs> there are still things that we are finding out about God. How do I know this is true? The Bible says so. The Old Testament said so. And the New Testament now says so because Paul pulls up Isaiah 64, 4, when he says, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. There are still things that you are here to reveal about this amazing, awesome, 
wondrous, all magnificent, blow your mind, beautiful God. Friends, this is so important to me. Hear me. Man, I would grab you right now, and instead of moving side by side, I would get right in front of you, and I would say this into your eyes. There are things about God that you are here to reveal. Preach the gospel. Preach it to your soul. Preach it in the darkness of night. God has a word for you. Because there are eyes that haven't seen and ears that have yet to hear. It's your fullness coming to life because God has prepared that for you in eternity past. There's nature of God, character of God, a sight of God, a tone of His voice, a look in His eye, a crinkle of His nose, the way you walk into a room that reveals who God is. Not boastful. We boast in our weakness. We are the most unlikely and unordinary to reveal an extraordinary God. The Spirit teaches you these things. Listen to Him. Ask this question. Holy Spirit, what am I here to reveal about God? Our minds were made to be filled with the thoughts, ideas, inspirations, and interpretations of heaven so we can bring change to earth in this time. Listen, Abraham did not live in the time of Instagram. You have something to reveal and speak and preach in this time that Abraham never could have. What an honor. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything even the depths of God. That is a capital S spirit. Whenever we see a capital S spirit in the word, that's not your man's spirit. It is God. There are things 
in every single day, in every single moment that the Spirit wants to teach you. Do you hear me? This is important. This is why we train, because love sometimes feels hard and it is often very heavy. It holds the foundation of the world together. For God so loved the world, and it is His Spirit that knows the mind of God. It says this right here, verse 11. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. (laughs) You want to know God? You need to cuddle up, abide with the Spirit of God, the verb of God, the action of God, the longings of God, the cravings of God, the emotions of God, (laughs) the appetites of God, everything that makes God in His Godness God. That's what the Spirit is here to teach you, because only the Spirit of God knows God's mind. The commentary says this on on these verses. Only those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and have the Spirit of God can truly put the things of God's general revelation as well as His special revelation into comprehensive, life-changing perspective. This is what you do. people that are driving by you see the glory of God that person is way too she's enjoying that way too much what is going on over there verse 14 the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. You know what that means? Listen, if you're being led by the Spirit, which will tie you to God's Word and His truth, you don't need to worry when someone misunderstands you or judges you. Now, are you human and flawed and need feedback? Yes. You need to know when feedback comes. First of all, who's it coming from? Is it someone who bears fruit? What does their life look like? Do they lead a life that reflects the glory of God, the goodness of God, the compelling grace of God? Then take their feedback. 
If you get feedback from someone who is afraid, bitter, controlling, living small, putting restrictions on people, keeping the spiritual police, no, y'all, no, bless and block, bless and block. Because even the Jewish people were trying to do that. Trying to put some constraints on the spirit. This is why the church gets a little wild. This is where we get a little uncomfortable. Because someone worship looks different than mine. Listen, if they're a spiritual person being led by the spirit of God, let them be if they are doing outright sin then in kindness confront but preferences is not a sinful act and at the same time careful with your preferences our preferences should not bring division do you hear me that's the ultimate this is what paul's trying to get at friends we got to get clear. The division is real. And if we're going to make it through the firestorm, the battlefield of division, of people preaching all kinds of strange things, we're going to need to cleave to the spirit that will not conflict with God's word to lead us into all truth and give us the mind of Christ so that we'd be free yeah, to reveal the things of God that only we can reveal the hidden mysteries that have yet to be revealed is trying to say that regardless of whether you prefer Christine Kane, Beth Moore, Steve Furtnick, Chris Ballatin, whoever, regardless of who you prefer, all believers are equal before God. All preachers are equal before God. All teachers equal before God because they have the mind of Christ. And if anyone tries to make a distinction or devise a scale of spirituality, it just reveals that they are still living in a worldly manner. Still living under the law of fear. Not you. Psalm 19:7 The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The law of the Lord, which are his commands and his words, 
they're perfect. They revive the soul. Later on in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul's going to drop that whole, that epic speech about love. And we're told in the book of John that God is love. He is. He is love. And if you've got all these spiritual things going on, you can preach the best gospel. You can eloquently give a TED talk. Listen, side note, I'm going to say it again. Christine Kane said this once, and I'm like, ooh, only now in the free world can you make Christianity a profession. You can get paid to be a Christian. Come on. Lord, we repent. Anyone need to repent right now? Anyone seeking to get paid to talk about Jesus? Come on. Love. <laughs> if you can give the best talk, have the best Instagram, Facebook, website, the biggest email list, be the most in demand, you're the Apollos of our time, but if you can do all that and you do not have love, <laughs> your noise. And in next chapter, we're gonna learn how all of everything we do is gonna be tested. Do you know that? One day I will stand before the Lord for this podcast. <laughs> and it'll be tested. Was it for me or was it for him? <laughs> oh God, I fall down. If it's not for him, you don't want it. If it doesn't bring the world to know that God's so loved, I don't want it. <laughs> the greatest commandment, love God with all of who you are. And then love others as you have that love in you. It is the greatest love. And this doesn't mean be nice to everyone, be kind. And kindness is clarity. <laughs> Not always agreeability, just clarity. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Everyone say thank you for your spirit. Thank you. Teach us. Let us reveal what no eye has seen or no ear has heard. In Jesus' name, I unbind those who feel bound. I ungag those who feel gagged. Run free, child. Make the goodness of God known. Seek His mind. Have the Spirit teach you. Then teach the things you learn. And when others call you foolish, just know they're marked for glory. God knows, and he is patient that none would perish, 
Thank you for your mind, God. Thank you for your word. Make us one, God, in the spirit of making Paul, that Paul's word, word doesn't fall void. Make us one. In Jesus' name, amen.